Welcome to the Garden Path Podcast, life lessons and conversations from the garden. Hi, I'm your host, Misty Little, and this is Season 3, Episode 12. I've got my furry companion, Leo, here today. I keep trying to shoo him away, but he's insisting on joining, so he'll be my co-host for this first part of the introduction, at least. Um, it's cold, y'all. It is very cold, and something that we Southerners are not really used to, you know, my my closet doesn't usually have so many warm clothes, and I'm not used to layering and putting on earmuffs and gloves and all that sort of thing. I'm a flip-flops and jeans and t-shirt in the winter kind of person, so I'm not taking this multi-day freeze too well, um, but most of our plants are kind of tucked away inside or covered up, and I'm hoping that they pull through and you know, once it warms up next week, we can kind of assess the damage and see what we need to, to fix or cut back and get ready for spring. And I know winter just started, but for me, I always feel like into January, I'm already thinking about spring and new growth and really just pushing forward for, for those long days, uh, that, that catapult us towards summer (laughs) and lush, lushness green. I love that. So here we are. It is New Year. We have a new episode, and today I am bringing an episode with Mark Sanders from the Ninth Ward Nursery, and he took basically started selling some plants in his backyard a couple of years ago to purchasing land in the Lower Ninth Ward and turning into a full fledged nursery and landscape business and really just started this thing from scratch. And um, he reached out to me in November and I reached back out to him and said, hey, yes, let's come on the podcast. And we had a great conversation talking about what it's like to just have this idea of loving plants so much and selling them on the side to kind of just turning this business into a thing and how it's evolved over the last few years. We'll talk about plant obsessions and bamboo because bamboo is really his thing and um, I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. I follow a lot of different uh, Louisiana and New Orleans gardeners and I feel like that's a region of the country that maybe a lot of people don't know too much about. So so if you're not familiar with gardening in the south or gardening in Louisiana or New Orleans in particular, you're going to enjoy this episode and especially if you're just like a plant geek and you want to know about planty things. This is kind of a conversation for you. (laughs) Um, With that, you can find all of uh, Mark's information in the show notes, where to find him, where to shop if you're in New Orleans, um, where to follow him online. And as well, you can find me at thegardenpathpodcast.com. You can drop me an email at thegardenpathpodcast at gmail.com. And you can find me on Instagram at thegardenpathpodcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe. You can put me on your RSS feeder. You can find me on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, um, any of those other cool places, those cool places like Overcast, um, those weird pod catchers. I'm there. And don't forget to rate and review if that is an option on any of your pod catching uh, listening services. All right. Enjoy this episode. I can't wait to share what's going on for the rest of 2018 on the podcast. Start planning for I guess 2018 and 2019 (laughs) had a brain, brain freeze there. I was, I can't believe we're already at the end of a decade y'all and figuring out what I want to do for season four. All right. Enjoy the episode. All right. Um, so I guess we'll just get started. If you want to go ahead and tell everybody about who you are, your garden, well, your business (laughs) and, uh, start from there. Yeah, so my name's Mark Sanders. I run a small-scale plant nursery in New Orleans called Ninth Ward Nursery. I've uh, been in business, I don't know, about a, coming up on two years, uh, I believe I, I formally went into business and uh, incorporated about March of 2016. Yeah, I uh, went back through your blog and that's saw the, all the transformations of how that started. And um, you, you did a lot in just a couple of years. So yeah, yeah. I like to say that anytime I'm in a really bad mood, I just scroll through my blog and uh, and it, it reminds me <laughs> that uh, I actually uh, yeah have have done a few things lately. I'm not just uh, being stagnant, right? So let's back up a little bit. 
when did you become interested in gardening and plants and how did that all begin to where you are today? So I grew up in north, uh, northeast Alabama, just outside of Huntsville, a uh, little bit on the outskirts where the city becomes the forest and um, it's in the foothills of the Appalachians. And behind the backyard where I grew up, it was just all forested. And I grew up at, at a time, I guess, in the late 80s to early 90s, when the concept of helicopter parenting really didn't exist. And my folks would just let me run around uh, out in the backyard and out in the forest uh, for, for hours at a time. And that's a big, big part of my childhood and my development growing up. Uh, my father uh, did some gardening. I, I, I remember always having tomatoes uh, in the house. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I remember uh, my my grandmother also, uh, I believe that she canned tomatoes in the basement. The smell of fresh tomatoes is very nostalgic smell to me. Uh, my mom was also into gardening as well. Uh, one of the houses that we moved in uh, during the time that I was growing up, I remember it was in a subdivision and all of the houses around us in the neighborhood, folks would do, as, as happens a lot of time, uh, they would tear down all the trees in the backyard and then plant a couple new trees. Well, mm-hmm. in my backyard, mama didn't do that. She just left it completely natural. And that's something that I think um, I can see in my own attitude towards, um, towards gardening now. There's this idea of uh, creating our, our own little worlds in miniature uh, is, is how I think about it. And that's something that I saw was important to my mom. And it's something that I, I feel like carries on in my own, uh, in my own, I guess, landscape philosophy. Right. Yeah. I like that. She didn't want to have a clean slate that she wanted to use what was already there. That makes, makes good sense. <laughs> that's, that's very, very much my mama. So, um, so from there, I uh, spent a little while overseas and um, spent some time in New Zealand, typical, trying to find myself late teenage stuff. And uh, I remember at one point I needed to make a little bit of money and need a, a place to stay for a while. And so I, uh, I was, uh, I approached these folks, I guess it, it could be described as kind of like a, a hippie commune. Mm-hmm. And I told them uh, that I was a landscaper and that I was into gardening and I could <laughs> It was complete nonsense. And uh, anyway, they, they, they said, okay, well, this, this kid sounds like he knows what he's talking about. And I just learned on the fly. And that's been my attitude uh, ever since. I ended up spending about a month there building a pond, building some, some little walls and stuff. I, I'm not sure whatever happened to it. And then from there, eventually, I bought my own house and I had my own backyard and I was, I was like a kid in a candy store. I remember before I even closed on this house, there was a completely vacant backyard. I would go out there. This is crazy, Misty. But I would go out there and I would just sit <laughs> in, uh, in a lawn chair and just stare at this damn backyard, just imagining everything that I could do to it. Well, I think when you're handed a blank slate and you see all these garden magazines and you really could go anywhere you want to go with it and it kind of gets overwhelming. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, at, at, at one, at once it's both liberating and it's also in, intimidating because you think I can do anything, but then you think, Oh God, I can do anything. Yeah. So it's <laughs> kind of hard to know where to start. Uh, at this point though, you know, I was talking with a friend the other day uh, about, because my, my backyard that I, I, have at my house that I own in, in New Orleans is also pretty intense, intensively landscaped. And a buddy of mine asked me the other day, he says, did you draw this out on graph paper or something? I, I said, no, my, uh, my tactic is go out in the backyard right after I've mowed the grass with a, um, with a can of spray paint and mm-hmm. I just start spray painting around the yard what I want to do. My, my poor neighbors, I can't imagine what they must think of me when they see me out there with a the damn can of spray paint. And then, <laughs> you know, just hauling in all these plants, but you know, nobody's called the cops on me yet. So I think that we're good. Well, you're not growing food in the front yard. Probably that would be the, the telltale sign. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, the front yard is very tame. The backyard is a little jungle. Yeah. We did the same thing. We, we didn't really draw anything out. We 
you know, had ideas in her head, but that's what my husband did. He just got the spray paint out and said, well, this is what I'm thinking. What do you think? And I was like, well, I think you should bring it out this way. And he drew another little spray paint line and there we had it. So, so, so let me ask, let me ask you something, Misty, when, when it came time, because we're talking, we're touching a little bit on landscape design. Um, how did those conversations go? Because I know that in, in my household, I, I like to say that, um, that I, I'm the one who who makes all the decisions with what we do landscaping, but mm-hmm. I tend to always want to run things by my wife just to, you know, let her know that, that I'm listening to her. Was yeah. there a lot of back and forth between like, oh, let's do this? No, let's not do this. Um, how did y'all? Uh, how did y'all figure out uh, how you were going to approach that? Because the the landscape in the backyard is a pretty big deal, and it says a lot about uh, about the the overall design of the house, and hopefully it's going to be like that for a while. And also it has to do with home value as well, of course. Right. Um, well, definitely for us, because we were both so interested in it, we definitely had our own opinions. So I think for, it probably got more contentious <laughs> than it might be for someone else with a spouse who doesn't care nearly as much. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of, you know, making sure we communicated and make sure we each had our own opinion and that they could, we could handle that. Um, yeah, that's definitely, I would say running it by your wife's a good idea. <laughs> um, and it's the same way with me. Anytime, you know, we're still planting things out. I'm like, I'm going to use this bed for this. Make sure you don't have any problems with, you know, you need the space for something else that I'm not thinking about that he's got in his mind for two months from now, you know, so. Exactly, exactly. So. Well, good that y'all figure out a, a, a way to to sort of navigate those those questions about what to do. Because oh, yeah. it sounds like he's also vested in, in in presentation and landscaping. Definitely, definitely. So you mentioned bringing home all this bamboo when you're designing your garden. And, um, you know, you said you're, you talked to your wife about it. And she was kind of like, hey, I don't know about all this bamboo. So you that was kind of the impetus for you beginning this nursery journey. So Let's start with that and tell tell a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely something I'm I'm happy I I consulted with her on. So the the short story I'll try and keep it short is uh, behind our house, and um, this is the case with a lot of my clients who I've who I've dealt with since then, uh, who are in the same similar scenarios as me. Um, I live in a one-story house, have a big two-story house uh, back behind us with windows that look right down into our backyard. And I thought, well, I'm not going to build a 25-foot high privacy fence, so what about bamboo? And I had heard of this variety of bamboo uh, called clumping bamboo that I've since learned a a whole lot more about, um, which, because of the way that its root system works, will not spread and not take over the yard and the neighborhood. So what it is is uh, kind of bamboo that just spreads out a couple feet and then grows up very vertically, and you plant those in a row three, uh, three or four feet apart. I thought, perfect. I did a little bit of research online, found a bamboo nursery that's uh, about an hour and a half drives north of New Orleans, and I saw that they had a special going on. I'm a man in search of a deal, so I was, I was hooked. Plus, I like, you know, going on road trips, being out in the country. So I drove up to this nursery, saw they had these little tiny three-gallon pots of bamboo, and uh, they were running a special $10 each for this. I thought, great. And you buy 10 and then you get the 11th one free. Even better. So I went up there, I spent, I spent $100, I brought it back, and I told my wife about my idea. She said, straight up, you're not doing this. You're not filling the backyard with bamboo. I thought, all right, well, how about this? How about I do, instead of 11, I do five and I sell off, you know, those other ones and I'll put them on Craigslist and mark them up for $20. So I effectively would make my money back. She said, cool, go ahead. All right. So I put the five or six bamboos, I can't remember, uh, on Craigslist. I started getting phone calls immediately. I had three or four phone calls within a couple hours. I thought, damn, all right. So so I thought, well, if there's a demand, I'm just going to sell all of these and then I'll have $200, $210, whatever. And I'll go back up to that bamboo nursery and I'll just get more. And it'll be like I have free bamboo. <laughs> and I went up there and I got it and uh, came back down. Started thinking, why don't I just try and, and sell these? And with that money, maybe I'll make $400 and maybe from that, $800, $1,600, and you know, just it grows exponentially from there. 
And around about that time, I realized that bamboo, um, unlike a lot of other plants, is very, very receptive to propagating by root division. So you mm-hmm. literally take a saw and you cut it in half. And then from one plant, you have two plants. Right. Ah, so I thought, what if I just start splitting these? I think I brought back like 20 bamboos from my second trip. What if I split these and I have 40 bamboos? how much money could I make from that? And I started selling it and I thought, I am just going to try for fun to see how far I could stretch this initial $100 uh, capital investment. And that's how the nursery started. Wow. So I imagine your wife had some things to say about having a nursery in your backyard, right? (laughs) Yeah, she certainly did. So so it uh, it grew organically. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually I started getting into other species of bamboo and um, I was doing all my sales through Craigslist and word of mouth. And then I, I would neatly put them in rows in my backyard, you know, treating my backyard like a actual working plant nursery. And folks would come over and, and a few months of this went, went by and folks kept coming over. And um, eventually my wife said, look, you, you really need to get your own place uh, to do this. First of all, I don't like strangers coming over all the time and walking around my backyard. And also I want my backyard. Uh, right. This was taking up space where we were presumably going to be doing some landscaping. At the same time, I started getting phone calls from people asking me questions about bamboo. And then uh, soon after that, just general questions about landscaping. And I would literally be on the phone with people who were asking me questions and I would be Googling these questions <laughs> and just seeing what I could come up with and trying to sound halfway intelligent. And then also I, I need to um, give a plug for the American Bamboo Society. It's the trade organization that I'm a, that I'm a member of. Um, and they're an incredible, incredible resource. There's a lot of info out there about bamboo, but they're pretty much the source. So I started consulting them. And um, I was asked if I, if I made house calls, if I could come and look at people's yards. I'm thinking, do these people have any idea how much of a hack I am? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's all about keeping up appearances though, right? So I, right. Would, go and I would start doing these consultations and start giving advice. And you, there's this, this notion of the imposter syndrome, I think is the popular term for it. And I definitely felt that at first, but I was also a voracious reader. And it's something that I quickly became very, very passionate about. And so over time, now two and a half years into doing this, a year and a half formally as a business, I I feel like I've kind of internalized a lot of that to where I don't feel like as much of an imposter anymore. And I'm certainly not sitting here Googling answers to to questions that at this point I've had to answer dozens, if not over a hundred times. So your wife tells you, hey, move all these plants somewhere else. How did you go about finding the property that your nursery ended up being on currently. And um, I guess how long did that process take? How did getting permits and turning it into a business? Um, I mean, I think a lot of people are thinking, wow, if I could just sell plants, how can I start a nursery? It seems, uh, seems doable. That's what it makes it seem like from you. Yeah, well, at the, at, at, at the I, I know that it sounds like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if folks are going to listen to this podcast and then a lot of folks are just going to say, I'm going to start a plant nursery in my backyard with a hundred dollars. Right. Turn, you know, Mark can do it. I can do it, which is probably actually the case, but I would not in retrospect, I'm sure that I would not have gone as far as I have with it. If I knew upfront what all was involved with actually doing the nursery, the idea of putting a few plants on Craigslist and go and going out and, you know, slice them up, slice up these plants with a saw and then doubling your money that to me actually is 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 decent passive income but mm-hmm. it, to move on and to scale up and to make uh, a little bit more money and to get a little bit more involved into the business actually requires a lot more of an investment of time and money and energy and it, at this point it's it's definitely not passive income so yeah you can do it but it's going to be a hell of a lot more more effort than than you can anticipate at the beginning that said I'm happy that did turn out that way because I think otherwise I might've gotten scared away from it. So from my wife saying, look, you have to get your own place. I found actually on Craigslist, I found um, a vacant lot in the lower ninth ward of new Orleans 
I, I paid next to nothing for this land. Um, woman had inherited it. She just wanted to get rid of it. I did a little bit of research and I found out, unbeknownst to her, that it was actually zoned residential and commercial. Oh, good. Perfect. So I can do everything above board. So I purchased this lot and then the first roadblock um, hits me, which is I, I need to build a fence around this thing. I can't just have bamboo sitting out in pots um, right. out, <laughs> out in the middle of this mostly vacant neighborhood. Ah, so I have to get a survey done in order to build a fence. That's $500 right there. Just to get four little flags put in the yard. Okay, well, after that, I have to learn how to build a damn fence. So <laughs> then <laughs> hours of watching videos and figuring out what I need and purchasing everything. All right, well, I got to build this thing. Okay, well, I have to hire people. All right, well, that's another chunk of money. And it just keeps kind of going on from there. So it's with some pride that I can say I never went and and got a small business loan or anything like that. I, I did get a, a small loan to to purchase the nursery um, or to to purchase the lot with, but I was financing all of that just with sales. So every time that I would I would sell a plant, I would just invest that money back into uh, back into the nursery. So. Okay. I, I didn't even start paying myself for the first year and a half that I was doing this. Mm -hmm. So after, so you get the survey done, you get the fence done, and then it's just, it keeps going on and on. You have to keep the weeds down. So you have to buy this high quality ground cloth that you'll see at a lot of commercial nurseries. Mm -hmm. Ah, but if you want to get that, if you want to get the wholesale stuff, then you have to get a business license. You have to get a reseller's license. You have to get a nursery license. You have to have inspections done. All of this is time and money. And again, it's, it's this notion of had I known <laughs> at, the, at the outset what I was getting into, I might have been scared away. But it's looking back, it's been one of the most gratifying things in my life, if, if, if not the most. It's something that I've become gradually more sucked into. And so I'm putting more energy into it now than ever. But it's also something that has paid off in so, so many more ways than just oh, well, I can, uh, I can go out and b buy more plants with this, or I can buy myself a beer with, uh, with this money. It's gone so, so far beyond that. And I'm, I'm so thankful for the experience. Yeah. So it seems like you didn't get overwhelmed because it was just like, oh, here's another thing I have to do. No big deal. I'm going to take it in stride. And it's just part of the process. But I think if you, like you said, if you had seen it all laid out in before you, like you need this, this, and this, and this, if you'd gone to like, you know, the county board where you get your permit and they said, you need this list of things and it costs this much money. You might've been, that's too much. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> oh, I would have been scared away the first time, uh, you know, the first yeah. time I spent, I think $400 on plants. I thought, am I, am I crazy? Am I ever going to be able to sell this? And then I sold it and I thought, damn, I wish I had bought more. And then I would, <laughs> and then I would go out and I'd spend a thousand dollars in plants. And I thought, am I crazy? Am I ever going to sell this? And then I would sell it out. And then, and now it's, I don't think of it as I'm spending a lot of money. I'm putting it out there. I think, all right, well, I'm going to park this money with somebody else for, for a time, but then I'm going to get all of it back. Right. It's and an investment. You, yeah. I guess that's a more articulate way of, uh, of putting it, Misty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it is an investment. And, it, and at this point, um, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm going to go out and blow more money than I have right, right now that I have invested in, in the nursery. But the idea of, of scale has definitely, has definitely changed things over time. And, it, and at this point, I'm getting a, a much better idea of, of just what I need to, to grow the nursery. Although it's, God, every day I, I, I just learned something completely new. No, so if you're learning stuff completely new, I mean, are, are you talking to other nurseries or landscapers at at this point or any point during the process? Um, or is it mostly just figuring out on your own? Well, both of those, those things are very much tied together. I'm, I'm very, very much into the idea of mentorship. Now, uh, another reason that I should mention that, that I started up the plant nursery is because I have um, an incredible amount of student loan debt. And I thought, maybe, <laughs> sounds like you can empathize with that. I'm almost done paying mine off, and I graduated in 2002, so <laughs> Good Lord. All right. Well, you're, you're quite a ways uh, a, a ahead of me, but it sounds like you've been paying it off for a while as well. Yeah. So, I thought, so I thought, all right, well, I'm eventually I'm, I'm going to be able to, um, to start paying off these student loans with this. And 
and and I do that, and I get down on myself. Um, and I'll get back to the to the idea of talking to other nurseries in a minute. Mm-hmm. I, I get down on myself because I think, oh man, I I, I uh, am got so invested in in going to college and graduate school for a degree that I'm not using. Um, but at the same time, if if I did not have that kind of crushing debt uh, coming down on me then I probably would not be so motivated to really push the business forward. Mm-hmm. Now, how, that, how that ties into working with other nurseries is that looking back on, on my academic career, I, I studied archaeology. It has nothing to do, well, aside from digging holes, it really has nothing to do with gardening. But I think about the, about the time that I was in college and taking classes versus this time now where I pretty much get by with a, a lot of self-study, I guess, but then also mentorship, which I wish that colleges adhered more to to this notion of of mentorship rather than than A's and B's, because the way that I function best is by working with people who, who I really respect and who I'm really close with where there really is no road, where where there is no roadmap except for for the one that you're making up uh, as you go along. Because right. when you find somebody, and I've definitely, I still have mentors who I'm very very thankful for, and I hope that I can repay the debt uh, that I owe them. Um, when you have somebody, when you have somebody helping you like that, then it's not. Uh, it, it's not as much a thing of, well, if I do this, then I'm going to get this degree and then I'll be an expert. There's more of this idea of this is just a road that is not going to end and that's okay. And right. so eventually, hopefully one day I'll, I'll be able to pass on what, what I've learned to somebody else. But there is absolutely no way that I would uh, be at the point where I am now. And I'm still in the very beginning stages, Misty. Yeah. There's no way I would be where I am without folks really, really uh, helping me out and really nurturing um, this, this business that I'm doing. And I'm not entirely sure that I would have developed the same attitude had I learned it in an academic setting. Maybe so. I don't know. But I'm sure as hell not going to go back and put myself in more student loan debt <laughs> to find out. Yeah, this is definitely one thing I've learned uh, being out of college for so long and, and seeing how all my friends are doing different things and then their degree. Um, you can pretty much learn almost anything <laughs> on your own outside of, of that, as long as you have some kind of basic, you know, beginning steps to understanding self-study, like you st- said. So. I feel like enthusiasm goes a long way. Enthusiasm yes. and curiosity yes. pays, pays dividends. And that's not something that, that you can learn in, in, in a classroom or, or on a report card. And that's pretty much like, I don't know, when I, when I think back on all these different career paths that I've taken, that's pretty much been one, one consistent thing. You know, what I lack for in experience, I, I make up for in enthusiasm. Right. So you mentioned these mentors and other people you're learning from, but it seems like you've had other people helping you build the nursery. Who's, who's helped you build those fences and get that nursery cloth laid down? Is it your friends or volunteers or just other plant geeks coming out to help you? It, it's been, it's been very random. I would estimate I've probably done about 95% of of the work myself, I got um, I got a little bit of help um, uh, just with friends or friends of friends or um, just just through networking. A lot of the plant sales that I do, I have folks approach me and ask uh, and ask if I need help. So I've I've gotten a few folks like that. But it tends to be r- running my nursery anyway. It tends to be a very solitary kind of thing, and I like it. I, I like that for the most part. Eventually hopefully the nursery will grow and then, you know, this, those circumstances are going to change. But the folks I've had uh, come and help me, it's been on very much a project by project basis. I think I had help for maybe about a week um, building the greenhouse and the fence. Um, but that's, yeah, I've had a folks, uh, folks come over and pot up a few plants, but uh I don't know. I'm a, I'm a pretty sociable person in many respects, but when I'm at the nursery, I go into 
I don't know. I go into weird hippie communing with the plants mode. <laughs> it's your little place to go. I'm not quite as communicative when, when I'm at the nursery. I'm very, very much uh, stuck in, in my own thoughts. That's not a bad thing. It's just no, no. Uh, it, it, it's, not, uh, it's not the most conducive thing to telling folks, all right, get this done, get this done, get this done. Right, right. Yeah. So I saw your most recent purchase was a, a fern or trailer going to turn into a fern house. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, Lord, who knows what that thing is going to turn into? <laughs> yeah, first it was a fern house. Now I'm thinking it's going to be a mobile plant nursery. It's, you know, for a while it's been just storage. So I've always, always had a love for old vintage travel trailers. I've spent a lot of time just living out of one for off and on for a couple of years and uh, and so I found a really cheap travel trailer and uh, bought it, brought it down to the nursery. And the initial idea was I, I needed a place with low light in which to grow ferns and low light plants. And I was just, I thought, how romantic would it be uh, to a customer to walk into this uh, cute little old trailer that's been completely refurbished on the inside and it's just all plants in there and just like the... Um, you know, just the scent and side of, of greenery growing up everywhere. I love that idea, but it keeps changing. I mean, so much about the nursery. I just kind of, I don't know, I get these ideas. So it's a fern house today, maybe tomorrow I'm going to turn into like, um, kind of like a food truck, but with plants. That's another idea I'm, I'm having. I don't know. What do you think of that? I think that sounds good because, you know, you're going to all these pop-up shops and little markets. I think that would be definitely uh, a good aesthetic to go with the, the travel trailer plant shop. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. And, and uh, I, I, I appreciate the, I appreciate the approval there because. <laughs> I don't know if I went to a market, I'd be like, what is that? You know, if you got your, some cool lights hanging off the front and. Yeah. yeah you know. But you also kind of, you know, swim in the same waters as me, so to speak, you know, you're That's already. True. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about just folks off the street. I don't know. We'll we'll see how it works out. On on the one hand, I kind of take pride in in just this I don't know this kind of guerrilla approach to to building a nursery. But at the same time, um, it's like wow. I, I wish that somebody would just sometimes give me the answers and tell me say this is the this is the thing that you need to do because there's just every day there are questions that you need to answer. I'll, I'll give you just one example I've been dealing with for the last month or two. Maybe there are books written on this. So I just haven't found them yet. But when it's when the weather starts getting cooler and I only have a finite amount of space in my greenhouse, how do I know how much uh, of my stuff that's sitting outside that's susceptible to cold weather, how much of that stuff do I need to sell so that I can... Um, fit things in my greenhouse where I, and at the same time I need to accommodate I need to accommodate space in the greenhouse and still have plants to sell so it's just like an ongoing thing you know figuring out inventory figuring out when to do um, different tasks around the nursery so every day it's like oh do I need to do this is this a good deal should I be participating in in this market should I be doing this so it's um it gets a little bit frustrating sometimes and mm -hmm. I do wish somebody would say, Mark, do this with the trailer or just sell it <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. Maybe in like October or November, you need to start having like some two for sales or something like that so that you can start knocking down some of that stock a little bit for, you know, our cold weather little events in December and January. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I have certainly done that and I've spent just about every weekend for the last two months doing, uh, doing plant sales. I pretty much like that's Missy. That's pretty much become my social. Life <laughs> <laughs> I think folks go out on weekends with friends and go to parties and dinners and stuff. I just talk to a lot of people uh, at these plant sales, trying to, trying to drum up business, but also I just love talking about this stuff. Any excuse I can find. When you approach me about doing the podcast, I thought, oh, wow, I get to talk about plants for an hour. All right, yeah, let's do that. Let's go. Well, it's also about building community, too. It's not just about, you know, the selling the plants. You know, the more you sell the plants and go to these markets, you get to know the other people selling whatever in New Orleans, and, and you just get to know the people better, too. So 
And then it's, they know you and they can recommend, hey, I know this guy, go buy some plants. It's certainly become um, a, a community. So now I see people out and I say, <laughs> I say, hey, didn't I sell you that Bambusa Chungyai Barbaletta? Or did I sell you that, uh, I don't know, Ligulari Gigantias? So it's it's funny. I, I, I uh started saving early on when I started the business, I started saving numbers in my phone when somebody would call and they'd say, you know, hi, my name's Misty. I want to, I'm interested in some bamboo. So I'll save the numbers, Misty bamboo. <laughs> I saw that on your blog. Charles would call and say, Hey, I want some bamboo. All right. You're Charles bamboo, Mike bamboo, you know, Nathan, bamboo, whoever. So if <laughs> my phone contacts now, it is just a long line of first names with the last name is, uh, is bamboo. But over time, I've thankfully some of those some of those people have called back, and uh, it's it's with a lot of it, it's very flattering and very humbling that uh, I've had a lot of uh, repeat customers, and a lot of customers have have become friends of mine. Now, speaking of the bamboo, um, with that first purchase you brought home, was that the first time you've like really fallen for bamboo, or did you already always have that kind of passion for it? Because it seems like. That's what you're running with right now. Uh, it is what I'm running with right now, but a- again, like with the like with the trailer and like with other things, my my business is is constantly evolving. I believe that the bamboo is is always going to be at the at the core of my business, and we can talk about about other things. I've recently got into uh, terrariums. That's my new thing. Oh well, that's the hip thing right now too. So is it? Oh yeah, terrariums, and you see these, especially the little ones. Um, you know for desktops and yeah, if you look at any of the houseplant people, yeah, they, they get kind of crazy with terrariums. Nice. So I've hit on, I've hit on a thing that's culturally relevant. Yes. Um, nice. I think houseplants and you know, my husband, he's uh, we've had the little terrariums before he used to keep some uh, poison dart frogs. And so he was really into that at one point. And then, He's also recently built an aquarium, so he's also getting into freshwater plants for the aquarium. And he was telling me that in Germany, people are really interested in just keeping plant, aquatic plants in their aquariums and growing those out. And I was like, he said, I look up these plants and they're all in German. And I'm like, I can't read them and I want to know more about them. But it's all these people in Germany keeping this stuff. So, um, yeah, there's definitely some interesting niches I've been finding out. House plants and edible gardening are like the most popular things right now, I think. Ah, ah, well, good to know that, um, I, I just kind of stumbled on that. So I don't know, maybe that'll, maybe that'll help business, but, but you, sorry, just to backtrack, you asked about bamboo. Um, it's not something it's, it's something I'd always been interested in, but I'm, I'm always interested in a lot of different things. Um, when I purchased that first, those first few pots of bamboo, um, I decided that I wanted to read up on them. Um, I did that, and then I think I got a. I was loaned a book about bamboo, and I started looking at all these different varieties. And I thought, oh, there are blue bamboos out there. Mm-hmm. Oh, there are yellow bamboo. Oh, there's yellow striped bamboos out there. There's giant bamboos, and I thought, oh, I want to learn more about these. And so I started getting into it, and I just got completely sucked in. And a question I get all the time is, why bamboo? And I really, I, I'm sorry, I don't have a good answer. I don't know. I, you know. I think they're just so cool looking and they're tropical feeling. And um, I mean, I don't like them sometimes because of that invasive nature, the running ones, like you said. But um, I mean, I don't think I would put them in my yard. But if I go to a, a garden place and a botanic garden, I'm definitely like, bamboo, look at that. It's so cool. I don't know. I think they're elusive and interesting, too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Do you, why, why does anybody fall in love with any particular kind of plant? I mean, I've been to, I, I'm, I, I uh, now go to horticultural events and try, I'm trying to become part of that community and learn as much as I can. I'm thinking, God, how can somebody be so into salvias or rhododendron? <laughs> salvias are good, but if you if you if you try and get to the reason to like this core reason of why, ultimately it, it's kind of hard to say. It, not to sound too too granola or whatever about, but it's bamboo's just what speaks to me. Yeah, well, I think that's anything. I think once you find something you really like and you get into, I don't know, a collector mentality, and then you want one of everything. 
<laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and it's it it's amazing how how much of a nerd I've become. I mean, I've I've started buying things. Well, maybe like your husband with the German aquatic plants. You know, it's like wow, that's really exotic. Can I get that? And so. I I now sell bamboo online, but then I also sometimes buy bamboo. And, and this is another thing, like my wife, I don't think really understands why I would spend a lot of money <laughs> buying, <laughs> buying some obscure plant. And I'm like, I, I don't know either, but I just, I just want it. You know, some people have this thing with shoes. This is my thing with exotic bamboos. So I'm at peace with it. Um, so what else? I saw you went and kind of raided someone's old plant nursery up on, you said, I think it's the North shore and um, there was Talanzias and other bromeliads and all sorts of cool stuff. Um, have you enjoyed doing that? Are you looking into getting into more of that kind of selling or? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what happens is, um, well, we could first thing just about that particular sale it's hard for me to pass up a good deal. And this was, uh, was a gentleman who had just started growing bromeliads and talantios probably decades ago. And, and you and I'm sure a lot of your listeners will know that bromeliads are very prolific growers. They'll, they have these new little pups that grow up and then you can break those off and then you have new plants and they will just multiply, multiply, which is great. But when you have dozens of different species, and you have a lot of them, then gradually, and then if you don't get rid of them and you have them for decades, then eventually you get into a situation where you just can't even walk inside the area where you keep them. Right. So that was good for me because I'm looking at diversifying uh, what I carry and getting into more tropical plants. So it was just this, it was just great timing. And it was one of those kind of things where, you know, like I said about, about spending like, should I be spending this much money on this? It, this was the kind of thing where I thought, should I be getting 400 different bromeliads? I thought, uh, well, okay, sure. Yeah. If I, at the end of the day, this is what I think is at the end of the day, if, if everything goes South, um, then I haven't effectively lost any money because everything that I've invested in the nursery is just money that I've, I've made. I, I haven't actually invested any of my own private money in, into this. So if at the end of the day, everything else goes away, then I just have a really awesome garden. And I right. have all of these, all these fun things I can keep for myself. So, um, yeah, so that, so that's how I, I came into those bromeliads and, and talantias. But, um, what happened, how I started diversifying from bamboo is I would do these consultations and, and people would ask, um, well, you have bamboo. Do you also have this? Can you also get me this? And at this point, I'd started working with a number of different wholesalers. And I love the, the, the thrill of the hunt, you know, trying to find the specific thing. I remember for one project, I spent a month, I believe, making phone calls, trying to find a specific kind of uh, Japanese maples, a Tamuki Yama or something like that. I don't know anything about Japanese maples, but I learned very quickly um, about uh, the field of tree brokerage. Oh my God, that's such a fascinating field. You know, people who go out and source these specific kind of plants. Um, and, and, and I love that. And I do a little bit of that on a very informal basis myself, trying to find plants for other people. So mm -hmm. If somebody would say, I need one or one of this kind of plant, I would go and buy two or I'd buy five. And I would think, all right, well, if I could sell this, I'll sell this. We'll see. I'll take a chance on it. And that's how, that's how that process uh, began. That said, as a one-man business, I have a very hard time competing with a lot of the other plant nurseries in town that sell the Confederate jasmine, yeah. vinca vine, you know, whatever, the, the really traditional sort of landscaping plants. Right. So with that in mind, I really have to be very conscientious about what I, uh, what I carry in the nursery now. Not many people have dozens of different varieties of bromeliads at their nurseries. If you want some crazy exotic bromeliads in New Orleans, at least for now, I'm I'm your guy, or I'd want to be your guy. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> please sounds, consider me. 
that sounds like the niche that you, that needs to be had that needs to be around, um, especially outside of places like South Florida, because I mean, we've had such a hard time finding, I mean, we are, there are some tropical kind of plants, but at some of the nurseries around here, but they're definitely like, you know, like you said, mixed in with, you know, the typical landscape stuff. And, you know, I remember going up and trying to ask about um, some hawthorns, critiga species. And, you know, I said, Hey, would you guys have any hawthorns? And they're like, Oh, Indian hawthorn. We have all. I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't want the landscaping hawthorn. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, so, so what ended up happening? What'd you end up doing? Um, they had, um, you know, one kind of hawthorn, which is kind of, I'd say semi-common to find the uh, parsley hawthorn, but I, we were looking for even some more uncommon stuff that's, you know, common in the natural spaces, but it's not commonly grown for nurseries. So right. we were looking for just some different regionals kind of stuff. And no, they didn't have it. And they're like, these people might have it. So, you know, I'm going to have to search for it myself and just keep looking when we go to different random places. If we see a nursery in a middle of, you know, some other small town <laughs> or we come to new Orleans, we'll try looking there. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, we like, specialty things as well and that has been one of our frustrating uh things i think there's not so much specialty nurseries and i like that i like having those options i i figured that there are uh, two i'm sure there are many different ways to uh to run a plant nursery but i see two major uh or one major division i guess um which is and it and it's kind of what we're talking about you go to um, a local plant nursery or even the big box stores, they really, really rely on volume. They will sell the hell out of whatever plants are, are, are coming up. You know, azaleas, these, you know, more normal, for lack of a better word, landscaping plants. And they do just enormous amounts of volume. As a specialty nursery, I don't do that kind of volume. And I'm okay with that because my time is very limited right now. Eventually, once I commit myself full time to doing the nursery, um, then I can I can start thinking about other avenues to go down. But but for now, it's it's the sort of thing where not everybody is looking for that particular kind of hawthorn. But you know that when you find that that hawthorn, you are going to purchase it, and you might be willing to spend just a little bit more right. than you might otherwise because it's such a rare thing. And so I, I see myself is definitely falling more on the um, uh, on on the side of the division where what I have is not for everybody but the people who who are looking for the specific thing that I have mm -hmm. those are that that's those are my people that's my market and if they're right. interested in this one sort of odd exotic thing well I have a few other things that you should maybe look at as well and then right. we develop a relationship that way it feels way more I feel like I'm way more part of a community running a specialty nursery than I might if I ran a much larger scale uh, commercial plant nursery. Right. Well, and you do other things on the side, like installations and the plant rentals. So I think that probably helps balance that out a little bit. You want to talk a little bit about both of those too? Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, it, you know, it started out just just doing bamboo. And as I mentioned, it, it moved into a little bit more landscaping and then carrying a few different varieties. Um, but, you know, sometimes when I was doing landscaping jobs, people would would want to would want things removed. And I think God, these are perfectly good plants. I'm going to take them home. So then all of a sudden I have, you know, 20 bird of paradise plants um, and that I pot up and nurse back to health and then sell those. So so the bamboo and then small scale uh, tropical uh, sales turn into landscaping that turned into um, doing these little pop-ups um, that is now turning into um, interior scaping. So I now work with a couple different local businesses um, that need plants and they also need plant maintenance. So mm -hmm. I do a, a package deal, buy the plants, I'll stop by, I'll water them, I'll prune them, I'll take care of them. If anything dies, that's, but I'll, I'll cover that myself. Um, that's another thing that I'm doing. If this plant truck trailer thing works out, then I may do that. 
And then now we mentioned the terrariums. That's my thing. So um, that's something that I might be looking into getting into other stores. And also, I, I mean, who knows what, what might eventually happen. I might end up uh, having a bamboo farm at some point, And then who knows, <laughs> who knows what could come from there. I, I, have, I have no idea. You know, check back with me in, in a couple months. Um, who knows what, what might have developed. But that's part of the whole fun, you know. Right, right. Waking up, waking up every day and having no idea, um, you know, what, what might happen or what opportunity uh, might, might come. So you really don't have a five-year plan then? I'm sorry. You, you I'm sorry. You don't, really have a, you don't really have a five-year plan then, do you? I don't believe in five-year plans. If you'd okay. asked me five years ago what I would have been doing <laughs> one year from then, which I guess would be four years ago. Yeah. I would have no idea. Like I've, I've lived a very peripatetic lifestyle for last, uh, I guess I left home 20 years ago. And I've, I've jokingly referred myself, referred to myself as a guidance counselor's worst nightmare because there's been no straightforward linear career path. I was a, I worked as a journalist for a long time. I worked as an archeologist. I, uh, briefly sold real estate. I was briefly a park ranger. Um, I currently do a lot of marketing work. It's, I don't know. It, my, my resume is a little bit of a mess. So who knows the nursery is, is what I'm doing now. And it's really my passion. Um, but in terms of plans, Oh God, you, you, you got me. If you know the answers to that, tell me and I'll, uh, oh, definitely not. <laughs> Well, I think we could talk for a lot much longer and you know, I think you probably should come back on next year because it sounds like you will be in a different phase by then and it'd be interesting to see how you've transformed the nursery and, and what you've done with your trailer and whatnot. So but if you want to wrap up and tell anybody where to find you online, come visit you in New Orleans, um, and anything else you'd like to share about the nursery. Yeah. So um yeah, I can plug the nursery. Uh, I encourage folks to visit my website, ninthwardnursery.com. And that's ninth spelled out. Um, you can also, um, you can reach me via email and via phone through there. Um, I have an events page, which I try to keep updated. Um, so folks can know what markets and pop-up sales and, and other events, um, I'm doing, I'm pretty active on Instagram as well. Um, a lot of photos of plants and sometimes some, uh, some, some corny uh, dad jokes. I think that's a popular term. <laughs> a lot of puns on there. Uh, yeah, and, and, uh, and I, I really appreciate the opportunity to, uh, to talk, talk plants with you. I wish you best of luck with the Hawthorne, too. Oh, that's, it's just one of the list of many things I'm looking for. So, <laughs> all right, keep, we got Keep no searching. Oh, I will, for sure. Um, thanks for, uh, well, A, telling me that you're interested in coming on the podcast because I'm always looking for people um, to talk to and um, for being willing to uh, get this done. <laughs> well, I certainly appreciate the time, Misty. Okay. All right. Thank you and have a great day. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.